what is actually the problem with Africa? Is it that we can't govern ourselves? Is it that we needed the colonial masters to stay a little bit longer? Is it that we just don't value development? Is it that we're just corrupt people who can never think beyond themselves? This might be true. But do you know what is also true? That the colonialists never actually left the continent. Their hand is still right on the continent. They dictate most of the decisions that we make politically, economically, democratically. And you know what again? The mentality. They broke the minds of so many people. And now is when the mental emancipation is beginning. And when it happens in places like Niger, where they're hosting puppet leaders who are linked to France, France will come out and gaslight Niger, uh, coerce in the rest of the world, and say that these are illegal activities, this is against democracy, and the president of Guinea comes and asks the French, what democracy? You bestowed French democracy upon us without talking to us. We are not remotely French. We're not even white. We don't know you people. But you've bestowed your systems upon us without doing a differential diagnosis and finding out what actually will work for this continent. And that's exactly what Dr. Arikanachi Hombore is saying. She's saying, among many other things, Africans need to disassociate themselves from their colonizers, find their identity, and decide what's important for them as a people. And even in those countries that are not former French colonies, we still have major presence and control by the multinationals who existed during colonization. They just went low, but they're still by and large running African countries. They're the ones who are the major employers and they can manipulate the, uh, the politics because of their presence within the country. They can gang up against a country and decide suddenly 10 of them, 15 of them can leave the country, taking away with them hundreds and thousands of jobs. So they still have some soft ways, underhanded ways of dealing and upsetting African economies. It still goes back to the former colonizers. So as we talk about our issues in Africa, let's not look at them in isolation. Let's understand in a holistic way all the issues that are coming to play when we end up with millions of youth unemployed. Why? Understand the entire process. Millions of children going to bed on an empty stomach. Millions of children dying. Women dying while giving birth to another life. Let's understand the entire genesis of what is going on. Because the tendency is for us to be pigeonholed and follow, and follow into this rabbit hole of a tiny little issue without understanding the genesis of that issue. And that is the holistic approach that I want the new African to have, to fully have a depth of understanding of what is going on. Hello there, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of our conversations. My name is Ndira Ganga. I'm a business journalist by profession and a digital content creator. I love coming on here, talking to you guys about black people, Africans, our empowerment, and how we can rise up and take our rightful place at the global stage. You can always connect with me on social media at Ndira. Ganga on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I love it when I like open my DMs and I find messages from people who say, I watch the Africa Diaspora News channel and I resonate with some of the issues that you raise in the video. And that's so important to me because as Africans and as black people, rarely do we have platforms to raise our voice. And so if we can have a place where we can just 
champion our collective cause it means a lot to me as i'm sure it means a lot to you so keep the messages coming on on instagram on facebook on twitter on email i always make a point of responding to all of them today i want us to discuss um a very touchy subject what is the problem with africa right because this is something that has been discussed over and over and over again and from different perspectives um when you listen to westerns uh western people discuss what the problem is africa versus people on the continent discussing what the problem with africa is you realize that the perspectives are very different because the to the west they're like why can't you develop like why can't you develop you 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 wanted us out we left you have all the resources at your disposal why can't you develop these are the same questions that africans are asking their leaders why can't we develop we have all the resources at our disposal what is actually happening the president of burkina faso or the military leader rather of burkina faso has been one of the people that has been hard having this conversation very openly where he says africa is rich in resources right and our people are asking us if we are one of the richest continents on the planet why are we still poor right the president of guinea has spoken about this and he said no more free gold no more free gold you want our resources you'll have to pay and pay the right price the president of south africa has spoken about this and said you will no longer count african wealth as part of your wealth we are not an extension of america or an extension of europe where you, we are not your store where you just come in pick what you want and leave it's not a convenience store what is ours must benefit us right and then you think okay maybe we're onto something then you sit back and you begin examining these resources and you'll be surprised let's take a country like burkina faso for example 14th largest producer of gold in the world one of their biggest mines and a third of the gold industry in burkina faso is controlled by a british multinational a third of the country's resources are controlled by a british multinational who bought it from a canadian multinational burkina burkinabe resources are not benefiting the people they're benefiting canadian multinationals they're benefiting british multinationals in these companies the government has a stake but guess what the stake is 10 percent 10% to mean 90% of a third of the whole resources belong to Britain. These are not just British multinationals. This is Britain in Burkina Faso as a British multinational. The same thing happens all across Africa. Ghana now, the gold reserves in Ghana do not belong to the people of Ghana. Anglo Gold Ashanti owes over 90% of the gold reserves in Ghana. A British farm. And then you want to, to ask Africans, why aren't you developing? Because you are on the continent ensuring that whatever little was left, you've taken to yourself. And the thing is, Africans are not free of blame because there are also leaders that enable this. They're greedy leaders that enable this. Why was France so keen for President Mohamed Bazoum to come into power? Why? The people, when President Mohamed Bazoum was ousted from power, were celebrating. They were happy. Please tell me why France, in their wisdom, says, Oh, no, 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 we don't care if the people are happy. We just want President Mohamed Bazoum back in office. 
that should tell you a lot. When you see these African leaders that are darlings in the West, just know something is fishy. Something is fishy because colonialists and the white man has never liked anybody unless they gain something from them. History will show you. And I'm not talking from a personal point of view. I'm talking from an economic and political point of view, a diplomacy point of view. Unless you have something to offer the West, they're not interested in you. They aren't. Why would they be interested in you? What can you offer them? How can they use and misuse you? That is number one. Number two, Stockholm Syndrome. Africans are still, how do I put this? They're addicted to the colonizers, the abuser. They see them as their savior. You understand? White people are coming to say, we, we glorify the people that continue to abuse us, right? We think American democracy is the hallmark of democracy without knowing that these people have heard the systems for over a hundred years. A hundred years to do trial and error. And then January 4th, or was it January 6th happens, the insurrection, and we still glorify them. You understand? We can't see that even they have issues with their own system. We're just like, if the white man has done it, that is the gospel, that is the law, that is the truth. We're so addicted to our colonizers that we, we, they're the ones we want to do business with. They're the ones we want to be in their good graces. And take Kenya, for example, tourism. It's if Britain just imposes a travel sanction, everybody is running to Britain, trying to make peace and all that stuff. And do you know why Britain will put that travel sanction? Because there was a terror attack in a different part of the country that we have no control over. Imagine if Kenya would do the same thing every time there was a knife crime in Britain. Tit for tat. There was a time Ambassador Kamau tried the same thing on them when they said Kenyans cannot go to Britain because... Um, of uh, the new COVID variant. And our principal secretary of foreign affairs back then said, oh, well, fair enough, but your people will, will also not come here because it was already established that that COVID strain did not originate from Africa. It was only discovered in Africa. So we have the technology, we have the know-how. We already know that the systems they bestowed upon us are not working for us. They're not working for them. Why are we so desperate for the approval? Why can't we break free? And for the countries that try to break free of that, this colonialist will come and gaslight everybody, you know, gaslight everybody against you. And that's exactly what's happening. You get ostracized in your own community. Everybody now is looking at these schools like, look at these African countries. They can't even govern themselves. Yet in reality, they're just trying to break free from their oppressors. Dr. Arikana Chihombori says, Africans have a role to play in their slow development, but that is just a secondary cause. The primary cause is because your colonizers do not want you to progress. Let's listen. I'm going to start with, of course, uh, the, uh, the mind, which is where, at the end of the day, that is where the problem really is. The legacy of colonization remains to be a serious issue for the African. It is the legacy of colonization that makes it difficult for us as a people to push back. Let me give a very simplistic example, and I use simplistic examples because I want people to really understand what's going on. Using the example of Niger, 
there is a mutiny in the school cafeteria. The students are sick and tired of a bully who's been taking their lunch for centuries. Finally, finally, they've garnered enough courage. They now have enough knowledge to understand and they're ready to stand up and push back against the bully. The question then becomes, why has it taken the students so long to, to stand up and push the bully back? It's both because the students have been made to believe that you are inferior. The students have been threatened. The students believe that they're not as good as the bully. The headmaster, some have been smart enough and have tried to push back. Guess what? They were assassinated. But finally, the students now have enough knowledge. Question is, why has it taken this long for the students to have enough courage? But be it as it may, the legacy of slavery, the legacy of colonization left the African in a feeling inferior, feeling they're incapable, admiring everything else that somebody else is doing, that everything African is undesirable, that we're always looking to what those who don't look like us are doing, and we want to emulate what they are doing. The average African leader is fighting with their hands tied behind their back, and in some cases also blindfolded. Um, I really don't want us to get lost in the mud about peripheral issues. Remember what I said, you get into an accident situation, first you are said the heartbeat, does the patient have a pulse? Is the patient breathing? We worry about the blown up eye, we worry about the broken bone later. We must go to the root causes. If a president of a country, my daughter, let me take you, you become the president of Nigeria today. With all good intentions, you are told, do not talk about your military because we got that under our control as France. Do not talk about your financial resources. We control your central bank. We manage your, your, your financial uh, policies. Do not talk about your finances. We have that under our control. Do not talk about your natural resources. Those belong to us. All your contracts, we shall choose and decide who builds your country. Now, if you stay away from all that, you are not free to run your country. What do you have? You've given up your natural resources. You've given up control of your financial resources. You've given up control of your military. What kind of a leader are you? I don't care what intentions you have. I don't care how Pan-African you are. I don't care how smart you are. Your hands are tied behind your back and you're blindfolded and you are supposed to engage in a fight and win. How? So I'm saying, before we even talk about how good a leader you are, I can tell you, I was joking with a friend. I said, I'm pretty sure right now, President Bazoun is probably happy. Because what kind of country was he leading? He had no power. He had nothing to control. That's a joke of a leadership. So once we understand that, we then go back and say, okay, fine. With whatever you were given, what have you done with it? Now I'm ready to start putting blame on the leader to say, okay, you, were, you had a small budget for, uh, for, for healthcare. What did you do? Did you at least build one hospital during that year? Now, if there's a foreign minister, uh, a minister of uh, health, who is now failing to do something with that budget for one year, that's why we start putting the blame on local levels to say, yes, as a minister of health, you were given a budget. Show us at least one health hospital you built this year. Show us what you have done. So, yes, we do have our own leadership issues, leadership within very limited uh, spaces. And even in those countries that are not former French colonies, we still have major presence and control by the multinationals who existed during colonization. They just went low, but they're still by and large running African countries. They're the ones who are the major employers and they can manipulate the, uh, the politics 
because of their presence within the country. They can gang up against a country and decide suddenly 10 of them, 15 of them can leave the country, taking away with them hundreds and thousands of jobs. So they still have some soft ways, underhanded ways of dealing and upsetting African economies. It still goes back to the former colonizers. So as we talk about our issues in Africa, let's not look at them in isolation. Let's understand in a holistic way all the issues that are coming to play when we end up with millions of youth unemployed. Why? Understand the entire process. Millions of children going to bed on an empty stomach. Millions of children dying. Women dying while giving birth to another life. Let's understand the entire genesis of what is going on. Because the tendency is for us to be pigeonholed and follow, and follow into this rabbit hole of a tiny little issue without understanding the genesis of that issue. And that is the holistic approach that I want the new African to have, to fully have a depth of understanding of what is going on. So we know when we are fighting, is it a fight that is local, that goes to my to my house? Is this my village fight? Is it my provincial, uh, uh, province, uh, provincial uh, fight? Is it a country fight? Is it a sub-African sub-regional fight? Or is it a continental fight? At every level, there are certain tools in our toolbox that we need to pull out. But to think you can take a village issue and apply it to a continental issue, that is stupid, that is ignorant, and we want our people to be politically mature and understand what fight this is, where we call for unity at the village level, unity at the national level, unity at the party level, unity at the continental level. Well, thank you very much for watching. Any time, any time I hear Dr. Arikana Chikombori speak, I always get very excited because I know it's going to be a very enlightening session just listening to her because of the experience of the work she's done and how passionate she is about it gives me so much joy and also strength to just keep drumming and championing this cause thank you so much for watching i'll see you again next time